Welcome to the Above and Beyond Recovery Podcast, where we explore recovery and its relationship to faith, family, work, community, and health. Hello, everybody. I am Brian Cuck, today's host of the Above and Beyond Recovery Podcast. Uh, Great to have you. And on today's episode, we will be exploring uh, the subject of relapse prevention and response. Uh, We're going to talk about what factors typically lead to relapse. Uh, Can you and I, if we have understanding, uh, help people uh, prevent them from getting into a relapse? Um, And what can you and I do if we really do suspect that someone that we love or know may be currently in active relapse? And so today, our guest is Dave Lewis. And many of you know that this show is produced by Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, And Dave is the executive director of our Western PA campus and location. Uh, So Dave, welcome to the show. and We're glad to have you. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, Dave, uh, listen, before we get into the teaching today, uh, we've got some questions that we want to talk with you about. Uh, I'd love uh, for our listeners to know a little bit about your story and your current role, what you've been involved in for a number of years now at Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge. So why don't you share that with us before we get into the teaching about relapse? Yeah, sure. So I went through the Teen Challenge program back in 2001, and my story was I got addicted to marijuana around age 14, and that was the gateway drug for me that led me to prescription pills, alcohol, uh, hallucinogenics. And by the time I was 18, graduated high school barely, but I was a full-blown drug addict, had gotten... uh, you know, trouble with the police, um, you know, stealing, um, you know, really broken family. I do, I have a great family, uh, still do, but I just totally betrayed them and went off on my own. And then in God's providence in the summer of 2000, when I graduated from high school, I took an accidental overdose of LSD and it threw me into a drug induced psychotic state. I crashed my dad's car into a bridge under construction, got charged with a felony thrown in jail. And then that's where Teen Challenge came into the picture. So I was really at my lowest point in the crisis center in Youngstown, Ohio at the time. My parents reached out to them and they came and uh, it was a long process, six months uh, to finally get me into the Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge system in January of 2001. And uh, I've been involved in Teen Challenge ever since. Uh, married with four adopted kids, been married for 18 years. And I've worked at Western Pennsylvania campus of uh, PA Adult and Teen Challenge for uh, 16 years now. I was a counselor for eight and I've been a director for eight. Hmm, Cool. Uh, And before we kind of get into the first question that I have for you in some of your teaching, you mentioned a key term as I was listening, uh, the gateway, you know, the gateway drug. You mentioned marijuana. Uh, And as we think today about relapse, like I'm sure gateway, there's gateways that lead into relapse. So um, somebody in recovery from uh, very addictive chemicals generally has some lesser things that if they start indulging in could lead back to the chemical of choice. So something families would want to look out for is let's say your loved one comes back from drug and alcohol treatment and they're doing well, but then you notice them starting to drink a few beers or they start to smoke cigarettes again when they had quit, or they start chewing when they had stopped chewing tobacco. Um, Romantic relationships being uh, indulged in in the improper way or in certain ways 
we call it here we, we call it the unholy trinity of relapse that's so what we teach to the guys and um that would be sexual sin legal i call them mood altering substances so the other thing a parent would need to look for a family even stuff as mundane as day quill allergy meds energy drinks too much wow. caffeine a lot of these things can be gateways because you're 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 re-engaging that I want to feel good by putting right. something into my body. Really so good. that's something you got to look for. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thought. And, um, you know, we've got time here today. I'm going to ask you a few questions, but we really want to hear your heart. Uh, that thought right there on gateway, that's, that's huge. So maybe the first question I would have for you is what are, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about relapse? So one of the biggest misconceptions is that relapse means that all the recovery that happened before that point is worthless and they're starting from square one. So and that's just not true. Uh, for many individuals in this process of recovery, relapse is going to be part of it. And it's not whether you fall down, it's if you get back up. But many times families can be discouraged, especially in the nature of our program. We have a 12-month residential program. And if a loved one goes all the way through our 12-month program, graduates, and then they end up relapsing, a lot of times that that deflates the family big time. They're like, well, you, we just sent you a 12 month program and you messed up again. So the families have to be coached to realize like, well, it can happen. And it's about what your response is going to be. Yeah. I think that's a really good point you're making because you're in uh, the adult and teen child culture. So you understand some of that. I even know as a pastor, I, as I talk to many pastors, there's such really uh, a misunderstanding about what addiction is number one. And then relapse, well, that, that's not ultimate failure. It is many times, unfortunately, part of the journey. So that is really good. And I think families, the more they understand that, because now many of our listeners today are not in that addiction culture. They're not on that road to recovery, maybe personally. Uh, so that's really, really good insight about that. Um, you know, I, I'm like a list person. I like to get my list and check them off. Uh, but I don't like 35,000 things on my list. Uh, so let me ask you this. What do you think are the, I know you mentioned the Holy Trinity. That was interesting. But what do you think are the top three things that might help prevent uh, relapse in an individual's life? I came up with an acronym, uh, MASS, M-A-S-S. M-A-S-S, yeah. Yeah, M-A-S-S. And the way to think of that is like critical mass. So what things can reach a critical mass that will then lead to a relapse? What they stand for is motivation, hmm. accountability, sins of the heart, and self-control. Wow, that's good. Um, and and you guys can put this um, in the comments for the listeners to, to go to. Uh, we have these videos on our YouTube channel that goes through each of these points in more fully 20 minute videos. Yeah, that's good. What a great resource for our listeners. Make sure you check into our YouTube pages. That'd be great. So first of all, it's motivation. So when people come into our programs uh, for various reasons, they decide to come into our program and stop using drug and alcohol for a, a time. And almost always that is a negative pressure that's pushing the person into treatment to get help. So the four common ones are family pressures, legal pressures, emotional, financial. So very few people come into Teen Challenge or any recovery like they're looking at a brochure saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on a little uh, vacation and go enjoy myself. Like no, you're going to treatment because there's something motivating you and you need to make a change. Now, that's good to get somebody in in early recovery. Right. But that's that those type of motivations aren't enough to have long-term recovery. Why? 
Well, because two things happen. One, as you get into recovery and start doing healthy things, that pain will reduce and some of the negative consequences will start to go away. So if that's your main motivator, well, guess what? Those motivations are lessening. And this is, this is just survey says, if you ask a hundred addicts like Family Feud, what's the number one answer? When do you usually relapse when things are going bad or good? They will almost always say when it's going good. Now let's just have a couple beers. You can't just be in recovery to avoid the negative consequences of use. You have to be building a positive life for yourself and you're motivated by goals and things you're working toward that, you know, it's, it's separate from just, I'm just motivated by purely negative things. And then of course, here at adult and teen challenge as our faith-based program, Mm -hmm. we would assert that Jesus Christ having a relationship with him and building his kingdom should be one of your major motivators. And that historically has been our success. That's right. Many of our successful graduates are out doing ministry. That's right. You got to fill that void. That's exactly right. As a faith base, that's what we believe. So what a loved one would need to look for is, um, you know, what, what are, what are their goals and, and what are they doing? And if they're, if, if they're falling back into purely uh, materialistic, uh, it's about a relationship with a, with a, a opposite sex is about this, you know, it's just purely just self-centered. That's when, mm-hmm. you know, you got to start watching now, but if you see the person saying, no, I'm going to go to this Bible study, I'm going to serve volunteer somewhere. I'm going to help, you know, that's what you're looking for. Like I'm, I'm motivated to keep doing well because I see some greater purpose for my life. I'm not just going to collapse back into things I was doing before, just mm-hmm. this time drug and alcohol free. Well, talk about that, Dave, just for, if I can interrupt you, just talk for a second about the connection between spiritual health and relapse. I mean, we are at Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, a faith-based group. I mean, we offer detox and short-term programs, but we also have a discipleship-based program where people can, you know, get to know God. So talk about spiritual health as it relates to relapse. For for spirituality, from a Christian point of view, what we're mainly talking about is worship. So um, we we characterize um, the affliction of substance use disorder as a uh, worship disorder. Hmm. So like you said, we also take seriously the biological disorder and the psychological disorder that Mm -hmm. comes along with it, which those are certainly real. We're holistic people, human beings created by God. But however, we also recognize that one of the deepest issues is a worship disorder. So you are worshiping drugs and alcohol. What do I mean by that? that you are placing this thing as the ultimate source of peace, security, comfort, power. That's what is now dominating your life. And then, of course, with any form of worship, you offer sacrifices to this. And it's now corrupting you into its image because you become like what you worship. That's another biblical principle. So the explanation for why individuals who come into our programs are so angry, selfish, uh, Mm -hmm. stubborn, uh, you know, all the things that come along is because that God, false God has corrupted you at your very soul. So what's the solution to that? We believe the solution is to worship the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So as we worship him and seek to learn how he is the ultimate source of peace, pleasure, That's right. security, power. Now, here's the difference, though. False gods give you instant gratification. So you ask the God to give you pleasure and you get it instantly, right? If you ask Jesus for peace, he's going to give you some tribulation. 
And, and then on the back end, he's going to give you fulfillment. So that's what we're trying to teach men and women in our programs, right. that this is a long road, but there is freedom as you recognize that God will give you peace and will give you the things that you're craving from your false God, but he does yeah. it the way of the cross. Yeah, that's right. And uh, immediate gratification is a big deal uh, in any realm of life. Like, you know, if I want immediate gravi- uh, grat- gratification, I may eat that piece of cheesecake. All right. That tastes really good. <laughs> but there's gratification in being able to like, you know, buckle your pants too and that they fit right. And so I think, you know, substance use disorder really has that I'm going to instantly feel better. But what about afterwards? So that's a really good thought. I, I think for our listeners to really understand that immediate, you know, gratification, being satisfied in the moment, uh, that is really, I, I could imagine, is what really drives some of the relapse uh, that takes place. That's really, really good. You know, I, I, I'm an amputee, and I often say when I'm speaking or talking to people, um, I lean on a cane. You know, I use a cane, and that helps. And But what I've learned is really in life, when you think about it spiritually, physically, whatever, uh, spiritually for sure, like we all lean on something. Um so one of our goals here at Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge is to get people to lean on God. If we're leaning on uh, whatever it is, another person, if we're leaning on just feeling good, uh, those are the things that really aren't going to satisfy us long term. We really do need to lean on God. Um, this is so good. I, I guess, Dave, as we would start to wrap up, um, you know, I think of our listeners. I think today of a mom or a grandmother, you know, as I travel and speak, People will come to my table all the time and say they know someone, okay? So what would you say today, uh, kind of in closing, to someone that has a family member, a friend, a coworker that they strongly feel is, uh, you know, in active relapse, what, what would you say to them today? Each situation is going to be unique, but one thing I can say that would apply to everybody is you need to pray and ask God to bring the proper amount of pain into the life of your loved one. Yeah. Let me just, let me, let me just stop you because I think I, we need to hear that again. Um, like we're praying that prayer and we're saying, would you say it's like God, whatever it takes, but I, I love, I've often used that phrase, but you're saying bring, say that again, what you just said. I think we need to hear that again. Ask God to bring the proper amount of pain into your loved one's life to get them to see their need wow. to get help. That's powerful. Because that'll do two things. Number one, you're praying. And number two, that may challenge you. And you may find yourself not being able to pray that prayer with full faith. And it's hard to pray that prayer. It's really hard. And if you're an enabler, it's hard to pray that prayer. Correct. That's where I was going with it, Brian. If you're an enabler, and then that might confront you with the fact that you, you know, you're like you're not responsible for your loved one's choice to go back to drugs and alcohol. I would never say that. But you right. could be responsible for creating an environment that is conducive to allowing your loved one to make certain choices and get away with it. You kind of turn your, you turn the other way and you're like, well, you know, and you're hoping for the best. Sometimes it's not a bad motivation. Sometimes you're like, well, maybe he's not really doing that. And I just mm-hmm. am noticing it. Cause you don't want, cause especially if you're a loved one who's been through, has a history with your person who has, is in recovery, you just don't want to go through it again. Um, right. So you pray for that. And then you got to take action. Now, what action you take needs to be done prayerfully with wisdom. Um, if you, you, and, and this is the other thing to preempt this problem, you need to get yourself, like if you have a loved one in our program right now or in recovery, you need to take the time when they're not 
around you mm-hmm. to get plugged into a supportive community, wow. whether it's Al-Anon, Naranon, a yeah. church, a support group, a counselor. Celebrate recovery is a great. Correct. Celebrate recovery because addiction is very alienating. So here's right. what's happening. If your loved one starts to mess up again, you need to have people you can go to to say, what should I do about this and get some good advice? Because if you're trying to do it on your own, it's not going to work. And then let me say something else. And I always say this and the guys in the program get irritated when I say this to the families, but I tell the families, you should not let your loved one come back and live with you. You just should not do it. Like there can be exceptions to that. If there's children or grandchildren involved or a spouse, I understand that. But if they are an able, I'm just, we're, we're a men's mm-hmm. facility out in Pittsburgh, but if you're an right. able-bodied 18 or older man, right? You, uh, we will help you establish your own life. And the families need to know that we can help establish them. So they're independent because the minute they come back into your home, there's a lot of things that get triggered emotionally that people aren't even aware of just family dynamics and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, and, and also, yeah. And also what you just said, like, you know, to help someone in relapse, you've got to introduce a little bit of pain to that situation because it's a motivation. Well, real life is a motivation. You know, paying your rent is a motivation. And if all those things are cared for, I really like that. That's a great, that's a great thing to think about. It really is. And I also love what you said about there's safe things to pray for, you know, praying for physical healing. Um, That just seems easy for believers. Hey, pray for my aunt. She's got cancer or they're having surgery. But there's certain things that people are experiencing where we don't feel safe saying, hey, pray for my son. He's a homosexual. Pray for whatever it may be. He's addicted or he's battling drugs and they don't feel safe. So it's really good what you said about having a support group where it's safe for you to talk openly and freely desire prayer to help your loved one who's battling certainly in an active relapse situation. So that was a really good thought. And I would also just anyone who catches this podcast um, to dial our, our number that you can find on the website. And I'm sure it's going to be in the in the show notes as well. Um, you can always call Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge and someone can pick up the phone and just talk to you and hear you out. I do that all the time. People will just call and say, my loved one, I think they're addicted. Can you please talk to me about it? And we'd be happy to do that as an organization. Give that again. Like if, if, if I know someone that really, and I know as a pastor for years, we help get men particularly into the program. Uh, but for our listeners today, talk about how they would call Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge for a loved one. Just can you walk through that process a little bit? We've got about, uh, you know, maybe seven minutes left here. Just take some time to explain that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, you, you dial our toll-free number and someone will pick up from our admissions call center and um, they're, they're trained to uh, help you assess what the situation is with your loved one. Now, um, very quickly, we're going to want to talk to your loved one, but that's right away where you could start seeing the, the divergence. So you, many times that's what happens. The loved one will call the wife or the mother, but uh, they're, you know, the relative, but the actual person with the addiction doesn't want to call. So the first thing you got to look at is just some leverage points and we can help you find those. So what I mean by that is, um, do you have leverage on your loved one to motivate them to get some help? Whether, I mean, if they live with you, there's a ton of leverage there. Right. Yeah. And nobody wants to kick their child to the street. And I'm not advocating that's your first response, Mm -hmm. but you do want to work on a process where you have like a recovery contract that's called. And, you know, because, you know, a lot of times putting things in writing clarifies it. Look, you're in our home, you're doing illegal things. You're doing activities that we don't approve of. You're an adult. 
um, what this is what's going to start happening if you continue to make these choices. Not everybody is a candidate for inpatient treatment, meaning That's they right. uproot their life and they go to a place. Now, a lot of people need that, but sometimes even if they need that, that's not a wise first move to make right. with your loved one because they're going to probably say, no way, I'm not quitting my job and going right. to a rehab. Well, okay, well, what's it's called outpatient. Right. Let's take a step. Yeah. Would you be willing to go for a one hour evaluation and sit down with somebody and they'll ask you questions about, you know, your drug and alcohol use? Are you willing to at least do that for me, please? And appeal to them if they're, if you're a relative, you know, so that's yeah. a good first step and see if they're willing to do that. And then you go from there. Well, Dave, this has been awesome. Uh, we appreciate all that you're doing in Western PA and throughout the uh, Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge uh, ministry. Uh, so we're grateful to have had you today. So, uh, good, good, good stuff. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks Brian. And yeah. And uh, those are listening. Uh, if you, you know, we didn't get, we only got through one point of the MASS, but we'll put the, we'll put the links in there for you to, uh, watch the YouTube videos where I go through each of those points, uh, more in depth. If you're, that'll, you're interested, that'll be awesome. You've been a great teacher and we'll have you back uh, for another session for sure. All right, Brian. Thanks a lot. Right. Thanks for having you me. Bet. You bet. Thank you. Before we close today, uh, the show, we like to talk each time we have an episode about the habits that we're making uh, this week in the moment, presently, that help all of us find wholeness in our lives. And so today uh, I'm going to ask our guest, Dave, if you would please, why don't you share with us what your wholeness habit is for the week? And then I'll share mine. Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. So um, I, I would think of what we started doing at our facility out here in Western PA is we started introducing uh, confession of sin and Bible reading into the classes that I teach. So we're very intentional about every class we start. We corporately confess our sins together to, to you know, stay humble, stay centered that way. And then we've been doing uh, some Bible reading, some pretty extensive Bible reading from the Psalms, Old Testament, New Testament, and the Gospels. And it's probably a good 20, 25 minutes of Bible reading that we do together. And the guys have really enjoyed it and really thought that it really helps them to just hear the word of God and get centered uh, in their devotional life. You know, I was thinking as I was preparing for the episode, what what I would share today. And uh, years ago, I read a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. It was a great book. And what it would highlight is your leadership signatures. It, it helped you become aware of, as a leader, what are what are some of the strengths and signatures that I have in my life? And um, you know, mine were a strategic thinker, responsible belief, which many believers, you know, get that as a signature. But one of them was learner. And my uh, wholeness habit for this week would be make use of your travel time. Uh, I have about a 20 minute ride to the office and I'm on the road a lot. So rather than just putting on, you know, worship music or music or whatever, uh, I like to learn. So I'll put on a podcast and you know, like above and beyond recovery. <laughs> um, but, you know, I like to listen about advancement, spiritual um, topics where I can just learn more about the Word of God. So my wholeness habit for this week is make use of your travel time and um, tune into something while you're driving. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. And those of you that are listening, don't forget to leave us a comment or email. Um, if you have a question, you can email us at abovebeyond at paatc.org. That's abovebeyond at paatc.org. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you, and we'll look forward to being with you next time. 
Thank you for joining us. The Above and Beyond Recovery Podcast is a production of Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge. If you or a loved one needs help with addiction, call us now at 844-888-8085 or find us online at paatc.org. That information is also in our show notes. Join us next time as we continue the conversation.